Darcy. And I'm Dion. Welcome to the In Life Podcast. Where we try to figure out life together. So what's up? How are you? I haven't talked to you in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, should we start with Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um, I had Chinese takeout. Nice. Yeah. It was actually really nice. Yeah. Um, there is like this spot that we used to go to as a kid. Yeah. We and as I, a kid. Oh, uh, you saw your family. family. Yeah, my family. <laughs> my family. Got um, it. And I haven't had it in like years. And uh, my parents this year were like, we're not cooking anything. Let's just do Chinese food. Um, yeah. So then we went and got takeout and it was so good. Oh, so good. Didn't do that much cooking, which was nice because it's, it's normally really tiring. Um, but I, I made some stuff that I've never made before. Like? That's for like myself and Kathleen. Um, uh, we made biscuits and gravy from scratch. Whoa. Whoa, wait, biscuits from scratch. Yeah, I I could have done a better job. I just didn't, I didn't know what texture the wet dough had to be. So Mm. anyways, I literally just finished like the last leftovers this morning. Um, Damn. That was nice. We made some apple pie. That was nice. Yum. Um, Yeah, it was good. So no keto. It sounds like no keto. No keto. No. <laughs> Although, hey, yeah, no keto. I was ta- I was talking to Kathleen about maybe starting again. And she was like, nah. Don't it's do not, it. It's like not good for me, I feel like. Yeah. I get my little yeah. like, lobster hand things again. What? Wait, what? What? Wait, what? What? Haven't we talked about this before? <laughs> no. What are your lobster hands? We've talked about this. There's no way we haven't what okay tell me and then i'll figure it out this is the syndrome this is like the the loose medical term when your hands become like this what you get that when you're on keto no i don't i don't get it when i'm on keto (laughs) okay but uh i don't know exactly know what it is i don't know if it's like a blood circulation thing or like a nervous system thing Uh um but for me it happens one i think when i get like too much adrenaline your hands like clamp cramp up so the the sensation is uh i I, uh the sensation is basically like your extremities so like the tips of your fingers and then your toes Mm -hmm. start to feel tingly like that numbing feeling Mm -hmm. and if you let it persist and you keep engaging in whatever activity that is driving this Mm -hmm. um it like basically spreads throughout your body what Um, i don't i don't even know some i remember i went to go see some doctor a long time ago and they were like it's a mild version of hyper anxiety or something like that which like i don't really get because i never get it when i'm anxious i realize what are scenarios uh uh i used to get all the time when i dragon boated like when i get when i get too hyped up you know like you're in the middle oh of a race. Oh my god! Wait, and your hands practice. are like on the thing, and they're tingling. Oh my god, dude, it's <gasps> the worst. Because you, especially if it's like in a race, but even in yeah. practice, um, like dragon boating is super tiring. 
right? It's yeah. kind of like a lot of, it's like sprinting for a long time. Yeah. So like you need like adrenaline boosts. That's why the drummer is there. The person that sits on the front of the boat he doesn't actually drum anymore, but it's like ceremonial, but like they call things out, like basically ways for you to get like a burst of power for like five strokes. You yeah. Know? Um, and like everyone's screaming and stuff. And when you, when I get like too hyped up, basically I feel it start to come and it Whoa. sucks. Like during a race, they're normally not that long. Like a standard race is around two minutes or less. Mm. Um, but if you're like in practice, you'll do longer distances and you're, it's freezing. Cause like a lot of times you're waking oh. up super early, you're in cold water, cold, salty water. Um, and it's like splashing all over you and your hands are cold because like oh, you're in water, but like they, your hands become stuck like this. Is this and- like a lot of your teammates had this or it was you? No, no it was just me. Oh man. <laughs> people would know because like basically it dragon boat is when it would get the worst because I'm not going to stop paddling, but oh. if you keep doing it, it starts spraying through your body. And then basically your entire <laughs> body like constricts. No way. Yeah, No, I'm not even kidding. And like a good way to relieve it is to like deep breaths, drinking water, but you like do that my hands are like this and they're so cold. Oh, I can't open yeah. the water bottle. So I'd always like pass it to like the person who sits next to me and they would know to open it. No <laughs> way. Yeah. It would get that bad. Like it feels like you can't move your hands. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. But you would feel like you're being constricted and you would wow. literally, like, I remember after one crazy, like a 5k or something practice, mm. um, everyone like got out of the boat and I was just sitting there and I could, no. literally couldn't move my muscles. Like it was like my entire body's muscles were cramping. I don't know. Wow. Um, Wait. So when was the last time this happened to you? Uh, so if it, if it's, so there's only two other instances that normally happens that I noticed. Hmm. One is like on road trips. Oh, like maybe I just get too excited or something. Oh, cute. Like, well, like <laughs> the other's really the night before into, Christmas. You know, like, you're on a road trip and you're like talking with your friends you guys are playing yeah. board games and stuff you get just too into it i don't know really random the other time i notice is i'll start to get it when i get really really hungry oh like really really hungry uh and it's like you're on the way to a restaurant or something oh uh, like, whatever and you start to get it and then like kathleen knows at this point so she'll like she'll literally like pry <laughs> open my no way yeah yeah so can you drive? Yeah, I've never got it while driving. Oh, this is so wild. So when you're on keto, you get it more frequently? So I think it has something to do with like, maybe like a nutritional imbalance. Oh. Um, maybe. Because yeah. when you're on keto, you uh, you don't get certain micronutrients that you normally get from eating a lot of vegetables or eating grains mm-hmm. uh, that you make up with like keto aid and all that stuff. Um, oh, and I, yeah. what I notice is I'll get it more, like I'll get it towards like minute 40 of my workouts, like oh, or whatever. Dang. Uh, yeah. I, once I remember I was like, it was like chest day and I was benching. No. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. No. Yeah. And so I realized I get it a lot more when I'm on keto. I'm sure like some science person can help me, you know, <laughs> If you're listening, if you're a science person and you're listening, email us at inlifepod. 
podcast right right at gmail.com try both try pod and podcast just cc one of them dang dude wow i had no idea you had lobster hands yeah so literally like the medical casual term is like lobster hands dang dude wow anyways anyway so that's (laughs) <laughs> that was Thanksgiving. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> uh, it was good. I made a lot of food. Uh, I made a stuffed butternut squash Ooh. and I tried to baste it, but in what? I, yeah, that was the issue. I used this vegan recipe, so it didn't use butter. It used this like mix of maple syrup and soy sauce and olive oil. And I mean, okay. it like just tasted like sauce, dude. It didn't baste it because the properties of milk fat were not acting upon the butternut squash to release flavor. Wow. Okay. That oh sentence God. was one of the best I've ever spoken. <laughs> um, anyways, <clears throat> I made the stuffed butternut squash. We made a cinnamon pie which is like custardy kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty good. It's my sister's prerogative. Um, I made garlic and cheese pull apart bread, but honestly that I delegated to my cousin who is a frat boy and feels like he doesn't need to do anything and participate. Oh. He doesn't listen to the podcast. Although, oh my God, Dion, I was called out so hard. He was like talking to me about, how being 25 is and I was like you know it's like feels the same <laughs> literally feels the same and he was like well are you going through that quarter life crisis where you want to quit your job and start a podcast and like all this stuff and I was like uh my parents were laughing so hard they're like oh my god she did exactly that <laughs> yeah. yeah and then I was like I'm not getting monetized and I'm doing it for fun so <laughs> I guess wait. yeah similar wait so you told him about the podcast in that moment i was like oh my god well mostly my parents told him my parents were like how did you know she has a podcast and i was like he doesn't (laughs) but i don't think he's into the topics that we discussed right maybe maybe he is if you're listening to this yush let me know shoot me a text he probably will anyways it was a great great thanksgiving we had pumpkin pie um had a nice long bike ride so i'm getting a little bit more ambitious with my bike rides yeah um did a nice 15 miler yeah it was good i just go near my house but i like go on street roads only and so then i just go straight and then turn right and then go for five miles and then turn around and come back and it summed to 15 and i came back and my thighs were quaking and here's the sad thing is i'll be like biking back like oh uh, going going listening yep. to my podcast feeling good and then this like old white man inevitably it's an old white man is on his road bike only pedals twice overtakes me by like a mile so fast and then i just say maybe i don't have the right bike you know it's not me it just must be the bike well i think it definitely a part of it is the bike it definitely is part of the bike but also like you can differentiate the gear, you know? I'm just like wearing my workout clothes and on the bike and they're like right. in a skin tight suit. Yeah. It must be that, you know? I'm wearing just yeah. too loose of clothing. If only I wore a skin tight suit, I'd be going really fast. Right. Well, you'd, you, yeah, it'd be more aerodynamic, but you'd also Correct. be able to, they're really cool actually. Like I have a biking shirt. They have, do you? They have pockets on the shirt in the back. You can't really wow. see. Cause, no, no, it's I totally get like, it. I, yeah. A squeezy jump and you go, out. yeah, you squeeze it into your mouth. Yeah. 
while I'm on my like three mile bike ride, I just take five yeah. gel packs and one for each minute. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it was a great long weekend. Um, I don't have one topic for today, but there's something I want to talk to you about. It's smaller anecdote. But first, let me preface with I listened to Matthew McConaughey's podcast, or he was on a podcast. Which podcast? Armchair Expert. Oh, no. Oh, he's just oh. doing a tour, huh? Because he was on oh, a podcast. What, what did you listen to? Uh, do you know who JJ Reddick is? No. Who is he? Aren't you supposed to be a basketball fan? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It might have just slipped my mind and remind me. He is, a, uh, he is like a 13, 14 year veteran in the league. He's a, one of the best three point shooters of all time. He was the one, one of the best college basketball players of all time. In fact, I think he was one of the most hated. He went to Duke. Oh, he, anyways. You so should now he started a podcast. Okay. I'll yeah. So he, he started a podcast with his friend and Matthew McConaughey randomly appeared on the podcast. And I was like, what? He's doing a tour for his book. He wrote that book. Did he talk about it? I don't remember. I think I uh, turned it off. I also was like, I'm not sure I'm enjoying listening to Matthew McConaughey, but I learned this fact, not about Matthew McConaughey, but about Marlon Brando. You know, that star from like the 70s or some time period that was prior to my existence. Apparently he owned an island in Tahiti and it, he almost like half the population on Tahiti to this date has some Marlon Brando DNA in them because Marlon Brando had like 20 kids while he was there. That's kind of Wait, it's like the epitome of colonization. Like that's just the epitome of it. I was so shocked. Isn't that insane? Yeah. It's kind of disgusting. It's literally insane. I had no, I, I had no idea. Also like, yeah they were speaking about it so like casually and i was like this is colonization this is literally colonization right oh literally yeah one person it's like a single person colonizing an island that he owned right crazy right i feel really gross right now wild it's so wild um the other one i wanted to talk to you about which maybe will get us into a longer conversation, but I'm going to tell you another story. This is true. Okay. So a few years, 10 years ago, actually at Deloitte, that company, um, a lot of these employees were sending complaints to HR about a certain of their colleague. And they were talking about this colleague and they're like, she just sits at her desk for like eight hours and literally does nothing. She looks no computers open, no papers are there. She's just like staring off. And so one of them asked her like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm just doing thought work. And then they were like, what? And she's like, it's important to think. And they were like, what? And send an email to HR. Like she's not doing anything the whole day. So some few days pass, few days pass. And then someone else encounters her on the elevator. And she was seen riding the elevator up and down the whole day. Literally the whole day, she's just on the elevator, goes up to the top floor, come back down, goes up, come back down. So like tons of complaints about this woman. Her name was Pilvi Takala. Then she like resigns at Deloitte after like three months. And she was a performance artist. And she was basically like got into Deloitte to do this 
whole expose about social norms in corporate America and how everyone feels so uncomfortable when she reveals how little work she's doing when probably a lot of people are not doing that much work during the day but because she so blatantly was like no I'm just gonna stare off into space where we might be like on slack messaging each other about some stupid shit but pretending to work she like was making it really apparent that she was not working obviously to like a greater degree of eight hours per day where we would probably I won't comment but maybe some people would do like four hours per day but it was so funny because it was like her whole thing was we have this whole like corporate theatrics situation going on where at work we just sit there typing, typing away, headphones on, concentrating, concentrating. And like half the time you're just messaging each other on Slack. Other half the time you're just reading an article on Reddit. And then maybe like while you're in a meeting, you're doing something, but we just like do this performance for everyone and then go home and feel like good with ourselves that we (laughs) did some eight hours of work. Whereas she was like, I'm just doing probably what you all are doing, but making it obvious that I'm not working. And that is causing you to like report me to HR. And it was just so, I was like mind blown by this. I just thought it was so amazing. Like, imagine if at work, when we go back to the office, you, the times you're not working, you literally just don't work. Or, you know, the times you would just like, go get a cup of tea or like go to the bathroom for the 10th time today, because you just need to walk and like, don't really want to do some, some work. And you just had no intention to show that you were working at all. And you just sat there and were like sitting there for an hour, not working imagine how that would play out oh my god it was just so hilarious to me and more anecdotally I was thinking about one time I was at the office like last year and it was like three o'clock and I was talking to maybe like Franny or something in the lunchroom and my both of ours like skip level manager who you also know was in that room and I was talking to Franny I was like dude I'm done it's three o'clock like I'm so done I'm just here until we go to the gym Franny and then this person comes out of the conference room and is just standing there and I was like f like did I just reveal that I, I'm not a hard worker and I don't work that hard and that's what this whole woman is like trying to call out like I still get my work done I'm still doing well but just revealing that you don't do it and saying it blatantly or being obvious about it is like so jarring to all of corporate America And I loved it. It was just so hilarious. So I want to know your thoughts. What do you think about this uh, performance? Um, So first of all, you're going to have to send me this. Yeah, I will. This this is like captivating. Yeah. Like that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's also insane. Like the the dedication to her art to not do this for like a day or a week, but for three months, eight hours a day for some days, like standing in an elevator. Correct. Well, I love the, the, the idea of saying like, I'm doing thought work. It's like, (laughs) I thought that just was such a funny touch. Like, what does that mean? And I thought this whole thing was going to culminate to like, there's value in just thinking and not looking at a device, blah, blah, blah. But it was literally just like, she was oh, not doing anything. I thought it was culminating to like her saying, and now she's the CEO. Of the oh Lord. no. <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, I think that's so true. 
And I think that's, I mean, look, I don't have kids, so I wouldn't know, but yeah, I think that's why so many, at least people of our age bracket have enjoyed this working remote lifestyle. Yes, yeah. it all, most of us would like to see people and have that social interaction, but I think it just like woke hundreds of thousands of people up to like, oh, wait, yeah, like I don't need to commute to get to work I don't need to actually be productive nine to five like people who will come in early and stay super late and it's like dude what are you doing you're if you're working this much this long you either need to get promoted or you suck at your job you know what I mean like the vast majority of people are just four five hours yeah 30 minutes of cumulative bathroom time, an hour of all talk, you know, like what? And I think people realize, oh, when I'm at home, right? And I'm doing thought work. No one knows I'm doing thought work. Like when I'm doing Netflix work, no one knows. (laughs) But it's like, you're still equally productive. I would love to see like um, for these like white collar office jobs things. Yeah if the general workforce has been more or less productive, I would love to see any sort of studies on that. Yeah, that's interesting. So this book I'm reading is called how to resist the attention economy. I don't know. It's called how to do nothing resisting the attention economy by Jenny O'Dell. And so she talks. Yeah, I recommend it. It's pretty dense. I will say like, it's a lot of these types of like, she'll talk about philosophers in the past who literally did nothing. And was like, that was revolutionary. But she also talked about like productivity and why we feel we have definitely talked about this, like the need of being productive all the time. Mm -hmm. And why is that touted as the best way of existence? And how she talks about this concept of resisting in place. And what that means is like, I'm not going to denounce myself from society from corporate America, from social media, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go live in a commune and like try and create my own society. I'm going to be here and like not join Facebook and not join Instagram and not join all these things. Or I'm going to come to work and like work for my three hours and then say, I'm going, like I'm leaving. And that is like way more powerful and way more like revolutionary than saying, F all this, I'm moving to Hawaii, like I'm living in my own hut and I'm never talking to any of you all again because you're not showing them what it looks like to resist. And But she really talked a lot about this like idea of productivity and I think probably work from home has switched that on its head a lot. Like what I would have thought as a productive day prior was me sitting at my desk for like eight hours and like doing four hours of work or is now I'm like oh I finished that thing in an hour and now I get to go like work out or like read a book or take a walk or whatever and on top of that I don't think you experience this but correct me if I'm wrong like on weekends people feeling the need to be productive and I don't I personally don't really feel that need because I put a lot of value in like rest thought work if you will I put a lot of value in thought work yeah um, um yeah what do you, yeah, what do you think? although I, I think it's almost like two separate things right one is this whole idea of productivity but the other is this whole idea of like fear of boredom mm, or not even fear yes. but like uh 
like just a not good reaction to boredom not knowing how to be bored basically right because this whole thing around like productivity i think a part of it is social right whether it's in the workplace like oh shoot like everyone's yeah clacketing away at their keyboards like i gotta clickety clack too correct or oh i'm on instagram all the time and i see all these people posting about you know what they did or where they are or whatever it is i got something too like i think a lot of that is socially driven but i feel like this idea of boredom and just being okay being bored that's almost like internal Mm -hmm. it's like the whole I mean, there's a million documentaries out there around like social media and the effects on us, but mm. that's like retrained our psyche to be like, I can't, I, I gotta, I gotta be reading something, doing something, not because I want to be productive, but because like, I don't know how to live any other way. Yeah. Right? I was yeah. listening to some podcasts and people were saying like, when's the, this guy asked this question of like, you wake up in the morning, right? You turn off your alarm. You go on your phone, you check your email, whatever it is. You like groggily walk to the bathroom. And like for many people, they're just like peeing while on their phones. Yeah. And he's like, when's the last time you did that without your phone? Yeah. Probably when you were like eight years old, 10 years yeah. old, 12 years old, before you got before this whole. And it's like, why? Why are we doing that? And it's yeah. because I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think it's yeah. like you're trained we are yeah yeah um i miss it i miss i remember so many times like as a kid just doing thought work basically <laughs> like doing thought play right yeah like, yeah yourself, you'd have like two for me it was like two toy cars and yeah baby. you'd like yeah make up like a, a world and scenarios that they're going through and that like help foster creativity right yeah you games you think about i don't know whatever it is but like nowadays you're not you're just consuming and you're yeah. re- your brain's reacting to news that you're reading or posts that you're seeing you're not like coming up with your own things i don't know it's, it's- yeah oh fully i mean well one thing that you made me think of was like one of the most jarring things about me starting a job was the lack of depth of knowledge. And I just realized like so many people not only became generalists, which not a bad thing, but like when you learn, you just learn enough to just talk about it to someone else to sound smart so that it can get done and someone else will figure it out. And I really dislike that. Like, I really dislike this idea that we just like shallow on the surface and then that's it then you are like touted as good if you can speak about all these things in small small capacities and I think similarly to like when we consume media we consume it so on a shallow basis we don't go in depth of like oh yeah the vaccine let me look at every single type of vaccine read up about it what is distribution blah 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 like not very common that we'll do that we'll read a headline it's so common everyone just reads the headline and says oh did you hear about this thing (laughs) and I feel like that's why it's really hard to get this like deep learning or like deep knowledge or deep exploration of a concept unless you like engage in a conversation like this or like sit and read a book about a topic and like get super deep in it most of the time it'll just be pretty high level concepts and i don't know for some reason i was like really i did not like that it was quite unsettling to me wait yeah i actually have been going through that recently where 
I would say it's even a step beyond just reading the headlines. Like I just wasn't paying attention to world events. Yeah. Um, I wasn't definitely not paying attention to politics like the last four years. And with the election and everything that happened, all like the social justice movements, everything that's going on with COVID, I was like, I need to be more better integrated in the world. And I need to know more about what's going on. So I actually literally like three days ago purchased a year subscription to The Economist, which is like, um, just the, it's like a, when I like read magazines, I want like a ton of information, um, like not casually written, just like, give me the good stuff. And it's always been a magazine that like, it resonated well with me and it's great. Um, Every morning when I wake up, I uh, will do like this, stretching routine just to improve my flexibility and then i like listen to the economist and then i listen to this other npr podcast i found Whoa. just being, like what's the current oh, event? um and it's been great i feel like i've just been i've just i just know more things now you know yeah and yeah right now maybe it's like i only know enough to be like okay here's what's going on in ethiopia yeah. I tell you exactly what's happening, but eventually I'm hoping I start finding those areas where I'm really curious about. And then I do my own research. And, and go in depth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if it's like a product of the role that we were in in our company or if it's like general corporate America where it's you don't learn things in deep in depth and become an expert. You just like skate by which is okay like I honestly have had this concept of each part of my life I want to treat it as like a trial like I'm trying right now corporate stuff or next time I'm trying all this stuff and like a trying a different type of career trying a different like area of interest that I have but it makes me think about when I went to India and I saw the Taj Mahal for the first time and I was like this dude spent tens and tens and tens of years and so many resources to build one structure for one woman he loved. Like none of us have that kind of attention span, diligence, or like resources, let's be real, to do something like that. And I don't know, it's just like very awe-inspiring. Oh my God, just like those ramen people that you love, like that person who's just like, learning how to make ramen years and years and years just invested in the craft and that's just like so awe-inspiring and it's so uncommon now i feel right yeah that's definitely true and it's it's really funny because those are like the the um, i don't want to say celebrities but like public figures that people gravitate to the most right like People who are idolized in this world are people that are so good at one thing. Yeah. They become the best at it or they become well-known at it or whatever it is. And everyone has like a plethora of these, let's say, idols in their lives. So why don't we as individuals pursue something like this more often, right? Yeah. Um, And I guess that's kind of what like hobbies are there for to get like a little teaser into it, but especially I would say a good portion of work of like non-physical, non-technical jobs is like that where you're just kind of BSing your way through. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I also have like this weird 
I think most people do too, like this weird fascination with like artisanally crafted things. Mm. Uh, so like I'll watch a lot of like shoemaking and cobblers. I'll watch like ceramics and pottery makers and um, just thing like that where, or like especially Japanese people, man, they have, oh my God. Do you know what a, a matcha bamboo whisk is? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how those are made? no i'm gonna send you this video yeah each one takes like weeks each single oh my it's the the most insane thing it takes so much time you make you get the final outcome and those whisks that you buy that are like 30 dollars each yeah you're only supposed to use them like three times no throw them away because it's not like the perfect whatever it's yeah it's it's insane but there are people that are just so dedicated to one thing and that's their life what do you think differentiates them from you and if you had to say what your craft is and you just have to say it like you have to say it given what you've done what would it be um i guess the difference this is actually kind of answering both questions is like i don't really know right now like, I think that's like a problem that I'm having with all this extra time that I have is like, I'm trying to pick up a hobby that I like love enough. Yeah. Dedicate time to, but it's just like, ah, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really have anything. So I think that's a big difference. That's obviously why I'm not, you know, becoming a shoe cobbler. <laughs> that's why you're not yeah, currently the whisk maker. But I think like, if not uh, some social impact work, I think something like that would be my calling. Mm. I find it extremely, like I don't actually, going back to our very first conversation around being productive at work, sitting at work for eight hours, coming home being like, oh, I did so much today. Like I don't ever feel that with work on a laptop, video conferencing with people. Like I feel super productive when I like do something with my hands. Yeah, dude, I was just gonna say this. I love washing dishes for that reason or like folding my laundry. I love that. I don't know what it triggers in me, but it's like something is feels just so good when I do it, when you're doing something. And I feel like it makes your mind go blank, at least at mine. Like I just can't focus. I think that must be what it is. Like you just are immediately immersed in this thing that you're doing. And then you can't do anything else. And it's just so amazing. And then you see the output of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So one appeal of working out for me is that like, I like this idea of like, I'm using my whole body to focus on one thing and I can't do any, I literally can't do anything else. And then my brain can't function other than like doing the pushup or whatever it is. But I feel like the output piece is not super there. Like it takes a while to see some sort of output and the output is not like tangibly, I did the pushup and now I have pecs. It's like, <laughs> I did like lots of pushups and now I have something there. Like, do you feel similarly when you work out? Um, it's probably the exact same thing that you're saying where it's funny because my two like Zen spaces that I get like super peed Kathleen disturbs me is when I'm at the, when I'm downstairs in my garage in my gym or washing dishes. Yeah. Like my thing now, my coping mechanism during COVID <laughs> is like, 
uh, there'll be a stack of dishes and I'll be like, oh, I hate seeing this, but I love, I'm going to wash the crap out of these. And I put on a podcast and I just, yes. watch. and like, if she comes in and she's like, oh, hey, there's one more thing where she's like trying to talk to me about something. I'll look at her and be like, not right now. Like, this is my, I'm like meditating or something. It is. It's, him. it's like my own space. Yes. You don't see the, the, uh, you don't see like the gains mm-hmm, mm-hmm. immediately, but I love the, I'm so sore right now. My leg is so sore, dude. But I love the feeling of soreness. Because yeah. like that to me is like hard work led to this. Yeah. And yeah, it's like a, a great hour of just Zen podcast. I was actually listening to that Matthew McConaughey podcast while I was, in the, wow. while I was working out. And then I was like, wait, what? This is not, what's going on? Like, I can't, what is he talking about right now? Yeah. Wow. I'm curious if this is, okay, here's another, I'm throwing this out there. It might be a little bit weird and you may not relate to it. <laughs> but like when I started working, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this other than I would really like to like be eating something or like chewing on gum or like sucking on a mint while I'm working for some reason and it like made me feel like I focused so well when I was like eating constantly or like chewing on something and like working 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 did you have that no what? <laughs> from your facial expression okay right into the podcast right into gmail and in my podcast at gmail.com if you experience you know I called it oral fixation at once and I was like that might be a little bit uh that's yeah, a little, a little but like okay let's say you're like building an a2 or whatever yeah. the heck you guys do nowadays sure uh, and you're like chewing that gum are you focusing on the fact that you're chewing gum no like, i'm what is it that that yeah i don't know why i think it makes me what does it do i don't know it just makes me focus a lot i think i will focus on the a2 i won't focus on the gum yeah all right, so that was not. I thought we were just like really coalescing in identities, but I guess no. that's okay. yeah, sorry, that's fine. Um, yeah, let us know. Oh my God, Dion, we now have more listeners from more countries. Pakistan, a new country on our list of listeners, dude. It's getting pretty worldwide. I would say we're a, we have a global presence. But like, what? I'd say. What's the average listen time? Yeah, I haven't looked at that. I like, honestly don't. Okay, that- here, here are our listeners. U.S., Canada, Switzerland, Ireland, U.K., Germany, and Pakistan. Should we do some more international content? Yeah, we should. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. This is just really surprising to me. What if it's like a bot? It's like Anchor. Anchor FM has bots in all these places to like check if it works. And it's like that. And it's really gassing me up. Yeah. You're like global. Yeah. Maybe. But I was thinking we should figure out who our next guest is. Because Mm -hmm. I think it's fun to have, especially when I was listening back, it's fun to, for us to have some dynamic with that person. Like, Oh, we thought of this topic for you, individual. But we have a very, not a big Venn diagram of friends that are the same. I was, I was saying, what about Barack? Right. Yeah. No, he's doing a press tour right now, too, for his book. We can let him know we have a global audience. We, I mean, we do. 
cannot confirm if they're humans or bots, but we have a global audience. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll reach out to his people. Okay. Also, Barack, if you're listening already, <laughs> just write us in. No problem. Yeah. We'll take we'll you. We'll fly to Chicago. We would. In COVID, I would fly to come see you. Oh, Dion may not. It's okay. He can zoom in. I mean, like, he's not a, a doctor, you know? Is he in Chicago? Wait, did you know? Sorry, random tangent. Did you yeah. know presidents cannot drive? Ever? Ever. After their presidency? No. During the, well, it starts during their presidency, but even after they can't. Why? They can't. Whoa. Because, like, we got to protect you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. I yeah. had no idea. All right, Obama, we'll drive to you. Yeah. Seems like you guys, you can't drive, so yeah, yeah. we will. Oh, bro, I've got a meeting in three minutes. Rest in peace. <sighs> but let's, uh, this is great. Dion, I'd love talking to you. Yeah. Tell no me. need to reciprocate. Yeah, you don't need to oh, hit me with all that. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, I was like, oh, me too. Like, I felt like I, I had said everything. Mm, sure, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel it, yeah. I feel it in the air. Right. Anyways, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> if you liked what you heard send us an email at inlifepod at gmail.com for a question you'd like us to discuss thanks for listening